thank all of you. Y'all did a good job today, and we look forward to hearing you again next week, uh, leading in Doug's absence. Uh, I we had a good crowd this morning in the in the early service and the 11 o'clock service. I told some folks a while ago, I told, told Babs today, I said, we must have 25 people out every Sunday. So we were glad because I, I just had a feeling, you know, that there were going to be four or five people. I had this vision in my mind. We're going to have four or five people in church and not even able to have, have a song service. Or, but we've, we've done okay. So thank you all for being here. We appreciate it. Hope everything goes well with those who are gone. Last Sunday night, we looked at a really simple Bible story. You know, there's no Bible story that's really simple. I have found that out, and uh, I love the stories in the Bible. The more I look at them, sometimes the more I see. And so I would like you to open your Bible to Mark chapter 8. Last Sunday night, we read of how Jesus saw the crowds, and he had compassion on them, the Bible said, because they were distressed and dispirited. They were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And from time to time, those words describe all of us. We find ourselves in those condition. And uh, Jesus just went from, from city to city and from village to village. And I like to think that he would come to a little town like Loosedale. And the Bible says we read last week how he taught in their synagogues. He, you think he might teach in our church, that he might have something to share? I think he would. I think he'd go from church to church and, and meet, meet need after need. And the Bible says, we read last week, he healed every sickness and every disease. Wouldn't that just be remarkable? But what, one of the things that we focused on last week was the, the incredible compassion of Jesus. And we talked about that compassion. The last thing we said about it is that it's a perpetual compassion. It is existing today. It stretches over us today. Jesus cares about us. He cares about you in whatever situation you might find yourself in. And, and that's a great comfort to me. This last song we sang is about trusting, trusting whatever lies ahead, trusting whatever we're going through, trusting whatever place uh, we might find ourselves. So let me just uh, uh, read you this passage of scripture tonight we we meet a different crowd this crowd is not sick uh, but they were needy uh, in a different kind of way mark chapter 8 beginning to read in verse 1 we'll read through verse 10 in those days when there was again a large crowd and they had nothing to eat jesus called his disciples and said to them i feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from a great distance. And his disciples answered him, Where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people? And he was asking them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground, and taking the seven loaves, he gave thanks and broke them, and started giving them to his disciples to serve to them, and they served them to the people. 
they also had a few small fish, and after he had blessed them, he ordered these to be served as well. And they ate and were satisfied, and they picked up seven large baskets full of what was left over of the broken pieces. About 4,000 were there, and he sent them away. And immediately he entered the boat with his disciples and came into the district of Dalmunatha. Let me pray. Lord, please help us not to skip over anything in this passage of Scripture that you want us to see. And although I have it outlined and I know what I'm going to say, I pray, Lord, that you'd help me to say the things that I don't have written down and to say the things that people need to hear. Also, Lord, that you would speak in between the lines of what I say, as you always do, and that your Holy Spirit would speak to the hearts of every person here, just like you met every need in every place. I pray that tonight you would meet the needs of people here as they hear from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You notice the, the title of the message is In the Presence of the Provider, and that's where they were all of these people. They were in the Lord's presence. He was able to do whatever needed to be done. But the first thing that we want to consider is the position of this multitude. The Bible says it was a large crowd. They had nothing to eat. It was a position of need as well as a position of helplessness. I don't know how many of us have ever been needy or helpless. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you had no way of providing for yourself. Well, their need was compounded by the location of their need. As we read the scripture, the Bible tells us this was a wilderness place. It was a desolate place. There was nothing there for them, and there was nobody to whom they could turn to meet their need. Now, had they any idea that Jesus was going to meet this need? No, they didn't know that. And usually when we find ourselves in a position of need ourselves, any kind of need, we don't know how the need's going to be met. We don't know where the answer's going to come from. We don't know how the problem is going to be solved. But you'll notice that regardless of, of the situation that people are in in, the, in Scripture, the Lord always has a plan to meet their need. I have found that to be true in my life. You've probably found it to be true in yours. But if you're one of those people you're in need and maybe it's for the first time or maybe it's for the humpteenth time and you're saying, I don't know how in the world this is going to work out. Just trust, as we just sang the song, just trust because the Lord has a plan. So it may be that tonight uh, you have come into the Lord's presence and you come needy. There's some lack or some deficiency in your life and, and compounded by an overwhelming sense of helplessness and powerlessness. You just don't have anywhere to turn to have your need met. And, and as you know, when one person in a body of people finds themselves in need, the whole body can band together. And we often do that as a church. When somebody's in need, the church will get together and say, how can we help this person? But when it's the whole group, the whole bunch, the whole crowd, then everybody's helpless. And that was the situation of this multitude. And, and Jesus felt compassion for them. I've reminded you before, I like to tell the story of back when Brother John Henry and I were in seminary. Brother John didn't know I was hungry when I was in seminary. He's probably hungry too. 
but we were we were hungry. We moved from William Carey College, and we didn't have any money. Uh, I, I couldn't didn't have a job. You know, I moved down there by faith. The Lord called me to preach, so why not just move down to New Orleans without a job when you're when you're 21 years old and you're young and you don't know any better uh, and you're trusting the Lord. That's what you do. So that's what we did, and we rented an apartment, and I think those apartments, Brother John, were $110 a month, so I had $110 a month rent, living in an apartment, didn't have any job, had a little baby, had another little baby on the way, didn't know what I was doing, you see, just uh, just walking along, and, and, and we got in a desperate situation. We did, we were helpless. I tried everything I could to provide for my family, and it just wasn't working out. We couldn't pay our bills. We didn't have any groceries. I wasn't even sure that I was going to be able to stay in school and, and finish my journey. So I've been in a position of need before, and maybe you have too. Second, number two, consider the passion of this multitude. Jesus said, they have been with me now for three days. Why were they there? Well, they were there to be with Jesus. They were there because they wanted to be in his presence. They were there listening to him teach. They were in a small seminary class. They were, they were listening to the best teacher in the whole wide world, the best preacher in the whole wide world. They were there because they wanted to be with him. And when we were in New Orleans, one of the things that made it hard for me to understand is why aren't things working out here? I felt like the Lord had called me there. I had that 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 clear sense this is where God wants me to be I'm doing what God wants me to do I'm there uh, to prepare myself for ministry I'm there on assignment for him my passion was to serve him why was I so needy why were things so hard why were we so discouraged and we were very very discouraged people who spend time with Jesus sometimes find themselves in a position of need. As a matter of fact, the people in this story were needy because they came to spend time with Jesus. Now, is that still true today? Do God's people find themselves in a position of need? Well, we find it over and over again in Scripture. It, it, it doesn't just show up once. It shows up more than once. When God allows us to be in a position of need, He has a plan. We may not know about it when our backs are against the wall or our stomachs are empty or our checkbook is out of money, our bank account is out of money, but God has a plan to meet our need. When we reflect on the people, uh, the children of Israel, when they were in the wilderness, uh, Moses reflected on their journey and he said of God in Deuteronomy 8.3, He humbled you by letting you go hungry. He gave you manna to eat which your fathers had not known so that you might learn that man does not live on bread alone but on every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. These people were hungry because they had adjusted their lives to be with Jesus. Could he have kept them from hunger? Yes. Could he have made some arrangements in advance to have some vendors present to feed them? Yes, he could have done that. But instead... He let them be hungry, at least for a time. So I'm just asking you tonight, if, you, if you're here and you're in a position of need, whatever it is, could God have allowed you to come to that position? Are you there by divine appointment? 
And if you are, then you're much like them. You, you have a passion for Jesus. You're a person who comes to church. At least you're in church tonight, and you're in a position of need. Number three, we want to consider not only the position of this multitude and the passion of this multitude, but the peril of this multitude. I love this verse. Verse three, Jesus said, If I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way and some of them have come from a great distance. Jesus knew where they lived. How did he know where they lived? How did he know how far it was to their house from where, where they were? How did he knew? How did, did somebody say, well, we come all the way from? Maybe they told him that, but uh, the Lord just knows. He has a way of becoming aware of our need. He knew they were hungry. That's the first thing that we need to see. Second, Jesus was also aware of the extent of, of their need and the peril in which it placed them. He knew how hungry they were. He knew how far he had to travel. Therefore, he knew the person in the multitude who was the most needy. Does Jesus know who the most needy person here is tonight? Does Jesus know the person sitting in this sanctuary who's got the biggest problem? and it's the most desperate, your back is against the wall, and you've been praying and crying out to God, does Jesus know the extent of your need? Uh, third, Jesus cared about them in their need. He said, I feel compassion for this people. That compassion that we talked about last week, that incredible compassion of Jesus is poured out on us tonight, each one of us in our own individual circumstances, he cared them, he cared about them all. It was a collective compassion, but it was also an individual compassion because he was able to measure the depth of every need, every person's need. Don't ask me how the Lord knows that. Uh, you know, one of the things they're, they're talking about today, and you think about this, is AI, artificial intelligence, and the vast knowledge that it could develop, whatever, but it won't ever develop a knowledge or know more about you or me than the Lord himself. And you think about God's knowledge, the knowledge of every star in the universe and its location. He created it all. Somehow he's able to keep up with everything. The Bible says of Jesus, he holds everything together and at the same time, he cares about me and he cares about you. And so we can trust him. That is the basis of what the Bible tells us, that God cares about you. He cares about me. He cares about you and your need and me and mine. Number four, the perplexity. Let's talk about that. The perplexity of those gathered in the presence of of Jesus. You think they knew what to do? You think they knew where to go to get anything to eat? Well, they didn't. Even the disciples didn't know what to do. And when Jesus asked them, he said, where are we going to get some food for these people? They thought it was just absolutely impossible. There in verse 4, they, they said, where will anyone be able to find enough bread here in this desolate place to satisfy these people? Some translations call it a wilderness place, uh, and as you know, Israel spent how many years in the wilderness? 
40 years in the wilderness. And when they first entered the wilderness, doubt flourished in Psalms. David tells us that they raised one major question there in the wilderness when they were hungry. Can God provide a table in the wilderness? Can he feed tens of thousands of people in the wilderness? He could, and he did. And the Bible says here there were 4,000 people. Can he? Did he? Could he? Yes, he can, and he did. Here's another congregation in a wilderness place, and the Lord provided for them. Maybe you're dealing with similar questions based on your personal circumstances, and, and your, your questions are where, how, who? So where was this multitude? They were in a desolate place, in a wilderness. Uh, they were in a position of need, a position of helplessness, and both to them and the disciples it looked to be a position of hopelessness. But do you realize, and back to the title of the sermon, do you realize where they were? They were in the presence of the provider. How did Jesus help them? Well, the first thing he did, he blessed what they had. Have you ever noticed how the Lord has a way of doing that? He blesses what you have. He doesn't always give you what you want, and it's probably a good thing that he doesn't. But he, somehow he just blesses what you have. What they had was not enough. It wouldn't meet the need, but in blessing it, somehow he multiplied it. Look, I've been a pastor of churches since 1977, and I've never been in a church that went broke and couldn't pay its bills, and it didn't have anything to do with me because they're still paying their bills. When I'm not, I've been gone from some of them for 40 years, and they're still paying their bills, and they're still doing fine. You know why they're still doing fine? You know who provides for God's church? Do you think you provide for God's church? I've had people uh, present that idea to me. If you don't do such and so that we want to do, then we will withdraw our money. And I always say, well, go ahead and try and see how that works out because you don't provide for your church anyway. God does, and God always has. We, uh, the church operates by faith from Sunday to Sunday. Do you know there's never a guarantee that anybody, me, you, or anybody else, will drop any money in the offering plate. But somehow, and Brother John knows this is true, from week to week, all the years of your ministry, the Lord had a way of providing for the church's needs and for your needs. God has a way of making, even when you don't think it's going to be enough, he has a way of making it enough. You remember the widow that God used to provide for Elijah? When Elijah arrived at her house, her biscuit bowl had just enough flour to make one last meal. But when God blessed her biscuit bowl, every time she reached in, somehow there was enough to satisfy. God multiplied it. Then there was the widow who was destitute in the time of Elisha. She had one jar of oil, and, and the Lord told her through Elisha to go and gather jars from all her neighbors and, and to take that one jar of oil and, and all those empty jars just pour and pour and pour and she did and she poured and poured and poured and when she came to the last jar she filled it and all the jars were full. Somehow God multiplied it. It never ran out. It was enough to fill all the other jars. When you are in the presence of the provider he will bless what you have. Second he is the blessing. When you're in the presence of the provider, he will supply all of your need 
out of his endless supply. That's what ta Paul told the Philippians. You have to remember, he, you know, he's writing to folks who don't really know that much about the Lord. He's, he's writing to a group of folks. They didn't have an Old Testament at all. They didn't have any of these Old Testament stories. Likely, they didn't have any gospel stories either. All they had was the little letter to the book of Philippians in Philippi. That's all they had. These little lines that Paul wrote. And in one of those little lines in his letter, which God intended to be more than a letter, Paul said, My God will supply all of your need out of his riches in glory. You don't know where. You don't know how. You don't know who. Well, you don't have to know. God is your provider. When you are in the presence of your provider, he will bless what you have. Now, he may let you be needy. He may let you be hungry. But if he does so, it'll be to show you how he is able to abundantly provide. God often allows us to come to a wilderness place, a place of need. You may come to a, a wilderness place or a desolate place in your marriage, but in the presence of the provider, you'll find all the resources necessary to meet that need. You can be in a desolate place materially, and I've been there, and I was there in seminary, but you know what? God, God worked so clearly and so dramatically in that situation. For those of you who don't know, I'm going to have to tell the story. Uh, I couldn't get a job, and I could, did, we didn't have any money. Some of you have heard this, but so make a long story short, I go to the, to the office of the vice, academic vice president, Dr. Don Stewart. Dr. Don Stewart had been at William Carey College, and I said, I said, Dr. Stewart, I've done everything I know how to do, and I guess I'm going to have to drop out of seminary. And I said, I know the Bible says, this is how much I knew about the Bible. I said, I know the Bible says God helps those who help themselves. You know where that verse is? It ain't in the Bible. And he said, Eddie, that's not in the Bible. He said, in fact, God helps those who can't help themselves. Nothing happened after I talked to Dr. Stewart. He just encouraged me to trust the Lord in the, in the press of my circumstances. And we did, and finally I got a job, thankfully. I got a phone call one afternoon, and uh, the caller on the other end of the line told me about a job, and they were going to pay me $550 a month. That was like a million dollars to me back in 1978 with, with no money at all. But I, I hung up the phone. I still remember standing in that little apartment. I hung up the phone, and I turned to my wife, and I said, but how are we going to live to the end of the month? I walked to the front of the campus, that long campus, and I walked to the, to the student affairs office because we were supposed to report when we had a job. I told them I got a job, and I started back out. I had my little two-year-old daughter on my hip, and I was walking back to the back of the campus, and somebody ran to get me, and they said, you need to come back to the student affairs office. They need you back up there in a hurry. So I walked back to the student affairs office, and the lady said, you need to sit down. I thought, oh, my goodness, something bad's happened. I got a pregnant wife. I live in an upstairs apartment. She's tumbled down the stairs. Something awful has happened. She said, I don't get to tell many people this, but there's an evangelist, a South Carolina evangelist called Eddie Lieberman, 
And every year he gives $1,000 to the seminary to be divided between two needy students. And he's given $500 of that to you. That was within minutes of me hanging up the phone and me turning to my wife and saying, how are we going to live to the end of the month? I didn't know how. I didn't know where. I didn't know who. But God knew. And look, God will always do that for you. He'll always be one step ahead of you. He will never lead you where the grace of God can't keep you. If you're in the presence of the provider, you will always be okay. Let's pray together.